the highly anticipated sibling of two famous fine dining ATX restaurants, managed to be anything other than fancy. Nubi Uchiba, sister of upscale Uchi and Uchiko, is giving it a whirl. Welcome to the latest podcast edition of Out vs. In, where we share our adventures of eating out with friends and family in popular Austin, Texas restaurants, and then our subsequent attempts to recreate those restaurant meals at home with ingredients from the likes of Central Market, All right. Whole Foods, Woo-hoo! HEB, yeah. Amazon, Yay. and Costco. All in our never-ending and noble quest to discover if any eat-out spot is worth diner's money and time or better to pass by and eat in. I'm hungry! Today, we're sharing the story of our visit to Uchiba at 601 West 2nd Street, Austin, Texas, on a Monday night at 9.45 p.m. So the question again, can the highly anticipated sibling of two famous fine dining ATX restaurants managed to be anything other than fancy? The verdict? Shockingly, it can. I'm going to start someplace I never do with the check. Somehow, James and I, along with two of our friends, managed to consume four glasses of wine, three old fashions, multiple delectable dishes, Mm. and two desserts at a place with the letters U-C-H-I in its name, and still come out at a before tax and tip total of $135 per couple. Yeah, we're still scratching our heads because it just doesn't seem possible. Not in Austin, anyway. Weird. I approached my Uchiba experience with the expectation of a little grandeur because of its very classy, hard-to-get-into sister restaurants, where even the menus can be kind of intimidating to a southern gal who had a first bite of sushi at age 27. My expectation was reinforced by the difficulty in getting reservations at this spanky new restaurant. Not available. Please call back. And the difficulty in parking. The valet closed at 10 p.m., even though those finally obtained reservations were at 9.45. Okay, then. And the difficulty of even identifying the front door of the place. Uh. Yes, more on that anon. My suspicions continued as I went inside, got the somewhat snootily asked, is all your party here? question, and navigated through the very sophisticated and rather dark lounge. But then, our bubbly, down-to-earth waitress, oh, hi. a fountain of info too, and that low total check amount turned all of this on its head. Not to mention the food, which was ever so tasty. Highlights included the Hama Chili, Yellowtail Ponzu Thai Chili and Orange Supreme for $22.50, the Hot Rock, with Wagyu beef, fun, as well as delish for 19, and the tiger cry bow with pork belly, pickled carrot, and tiger cry relish at two for 8.50 each. What really sent me soaring though was one of our two dessert choices, the chocolate cremeau with whipped peanut butter ganache, salted butter cookie, and sherry vinegar. Mm. Mm. Again, did you hear that? Whipped peanut butter ganache? The description alone lets you know it's going to be out of this world. Yes, they did have me at peanut butter, a foodstuff which would be part of at least one dessert menu item at every restaurant if I were king for just one day and had just one thing to say. Yeah, a movie and song reference combined because this perfect mashup of flavors, textures, and temperatures 
deserves as good as it gets. So good. To sum up, Uchiba was more fun than fancy. While still plenty lovely and special, and surprisingly affordable for what you get. For all the details of our visit, my chat with our good-natured, kind-hearted, and knowledgeable server, Brooke, and our attempts to remake these dishes at home, not the peanut butter wonder, sadly, I know my limits, read on. Getting there and settled. Along with accepting helpful tips from friends and strangers alike on restaurants I should visit, I keep an eye on both Eater Austin and The Infatuation, for up-and-coming eat-out spots in ATX. Kudos to both publications, by the way. You folks are seriously dialed in. <laughs> per this guru guidance, Uchiba had been on my radar for a while. I added an every Thursday reminder to my Google Calendar and checked weekly for Uchiba, which has a first location in Dallas, to open up reservations in Austin. You can then imagine my surprise and frustration when at last the website goes live and there are no reservations at reasonable times to be had. After searching and conceding that I will have to be up late rather than in my jammies on the couch eating hummus and watching reruns of Poker Face, come on, I need another season already, I snag a reservation for Monday at 9.45 p.m., yes, exclamation point, exclamation point, and enlist James, Jake, and Sydney to join us. When the fateful night arrives, we pregame in Sid's backyard around the fire pit and arrive at 601 West 2nd Street, already slightly stunned. Except for James, that is, who has agreed to be our DD, by the way. Thus, the three old fashions versus four. Yeah, you can figure it out. Parking is a mess, so James lets me out at the entrance and drives off with Sid and Jake to find a spot. I struggle to find the door. No kidding. What looks like it should be the entrance says it's not an entrance, and the real entrance is somewhat camouflage. I'm not sure why this might be a good thing, but it smacks of a secret I should know if I was savvy and has me feeling a bit petulant. Hmm. I'm not that stunned. Has all your party arrived? Asks the host with a raised eyebrow. They're parking the car. I'm told to wait, and I take in the space. The front room of Uchiba, adjacent to the hostess stand, has a bit of a smoking room vibe. Or what I imagine a smoking room might have looked like in gentlemen's clubs of yore. Pardon me. Would you have any gray poupon? Dim, with leather chairs, paneled walls, sconces, and a coffered, well, sort of ceiling. Of course, thankfully, no one is smoking. Sydney and Jake appear sans James, but this must be enough of a quota to merit seating because we are led along the dark wood floors to a foretop on the other side of the bar. Where's James, I say? Trying to find a place to park. At this point, we are a little unsure. But then, the beam of sunshine that is our server book arrives and all is well. She's approachable, warm, informative, and patient. What's up with the hard-to-get reservations, I say, gesturing to a few open tables. We're actually only taking a limited number, Brooke says, so as not to overwhelm the kitchen while we all get up to speed. Well, that's nice. What's up with the confusing door, I ask. Yeah, Brooke nods. We need to fix that. Well, also nice. What can I get you to drink? Okay, now we're talking. Yes. Jake and Sid both order a glass of wine. I order those first two old fashions and finally enter James, bent out of shape about the valet closing at 10 business. This place may be good as hell, but the parking after 10 o'clock, they shut it down. And every street around here is earmarked for five-minute parking, 
or valet parking. And the secret door. You don't want to go to a restaurant that is so cool and so sleek that they hide the door. That is like a secret to find the damn door handle. Sorry, but we've covered that, I say. Sid treats us to a brief talk on the textured style of Utiba versus the slickness of 90s restaurants, opening her eyes to the variety of materials making up the surrounding decor. Velvet, jacquard, chiffon, microsuede, brass, and rattan. I'm suddenly thinking I might have mispronounced jacquard. I'm going to keep going. Sorry about that if I have. There was zero brass happening in the 90s, Sid says. Go look. Search it up. Yeah, I'm going to trust her on that one. Sid knows her stuff. See the textured glass with the alcohol behind it at the bar? Would never have happened. This is 100% Mad Men, she continues. The 50s reincarnated in a modern form. Okay, moving on, our order. We lower our eyes from the textures feast to check out what we might feast on instead, and I admit to being a little overwhelmed. Utiba's menu is extensive. There are daily specials, starters and greens, buns and bao, dumplings, hot tastings, cool tastings, perfect pears, nigiri and sashimi. Oh my god. Yeah, the list goes on. Luckily, when Brooke returns with our drinks, Glass set on wood table, take two. She provides a thorough and helpful rundown of the sections and items. Here she's explaining the, to the Toyoso market selections, which list items such as bluefin akimi, or tuna loin, for either $14 or $40, depending on serving size, kenmadai, kenmadi, I don't know that one either, or golden-eyed snapper for 11 Ooh, and this one I'm just going to butcher. Let's just say it's snow crab for $15. Z-U-W-A-I-G-A-N-I. Zuwagani? Snow crab. Here's Brooke. Okay, so what is the Toyoso? What, is, what does that mean, Toyoso? So our Toyoso selection, it is our fish that are shipped in directly from Japan, from the Toyosu market in... Um, that one is in Tokyo, excuse me. It is the largest fish market in the world, and it's all shipped in fresh every day. Every day? Yep. And How it, does that work? Um, so we just get the different shipments, and we get it um, fresh, and they go ahead and cut it all up and prep it every morning, and it always rotates. So wow. we'll check it out. Thank you so much, Brett. That's For awesome. sure. <laughs> By the way, it boggles my mind that Uchiba receives fresh fish shipments daily. That means tuna, snapper, snow crab, and or whatever else is freshest travel, I looked it up, 6,548 miles from Tokyo to ATX every day. Because it seems a little environmentally extravagant to me, the morning after our Otiba visit, I searched for the most famous seafood market in the USA and came up with Pike's Place Fish Market in Seattle, Washington. At 2,216 miles away, just a little more than a third of the distance to Tokyo. Perhaps Tsuchiba could burn a little less fossil fuels by purchasing from Pikes? Maybe you're right. A quick search of Pikes' website does reveal that, at least of this writing, no Pacific sari, amberjack, or even snapper. All items on our current Uchiba menu are currently available for shipment. But I'm guessing Pikes maybe has worthy alternatives. However, since I'm also guessing that I'm venturing into areas above my pay grade in terms of authentic cooking, I will move on. Humbly. Okay, back to our Uchiba choices. We went for the Brussels sprouts, the yuca chips, broiled scallop, the Wagyu beef hot rock, tiger cry bao, spicy tuna, and the hama chili. I'll give you more details on all of those as we go on, but Brooke says well done, so we must have done all right, and departs. We sip our drinks, the old fashions are strong and lovely, with proper chunky ice cubes and very cold. 
Well done to you too, Uchiva. Cheers! The food, the food. That's why we're all here. The yuca chips and Brussels sprouts arrive first. Per the Lake Winds Food Co-op. Yuca, pronounced yuca. Yeah, I was saying yucca before this experience. Is the root of the cassava plant. Cassava is a major staple food in the developing world, providing a basic diet for over half a billion people. It is one of the most drought-tolerant crops capable of growing in marginal soil. Half a billion people. Wow. Thank you, Lake Winds. And there's another fact with which to amaze your friends at parties. Great. <laughs> or bore, I guess, depending on your friends. That's you. The chips are pretty to look at. Pale, golden, and shining. But I don't like their mouthfeel as well as I do regular potato chips. These have a bit more flex and less crunch. Their slightly nutty taste, though, pairs really well with the spicy edamame hummus smeared around the edge of half the plate. Very pretty to look at. As for the Brussels sprouts, they are properly cooked as in not too mushy or too firm, and the lemon chili treatment is interesting. I'm just having Brussels sprouts too often these days, I think. Which was a sentence an eight-year-old me would have been horrified to hear. There's a site that is about that, by the way. What are you doing now that would have horrified your eight-year-old self? For me, I guess it's eating a lot of Brussels sprouts. Yeah. The spicy tuna and broiled scallop appear next. And one thing I'm loving right away is the variety of textures we're experiencing in our dishes as well as in our environment. The crispy shallots wrapping the tuna, rice, and veggies add crunch, while the scallops nestling in a shallow soy butter bath are perfectly tender. Flavor-wise, the scallops are particularly delicious, but the spicy tuna isn't a standout, and I find myself wondering how a version of the same from our local HEB would compare. Well, we'll just have to see about that at home, won't we? Challenge accepted. Brooke appears in good time. Not right on top of us, finishing the tuna and scallops, but not too long of a wait either. With a round cooking stone atop a white dish and eight pieces of raw Wagyu beef. I'm sometimes not the biggest fan of eating out food that involves work. Thus my love-hate affair with crab legs. But cooking atop the stone is pure fun and not at all hard. Although poor Jake does somehow manage to get one of his pieces stuck to the sod while we are chatting about the comedy drama the bear. I heard about You can watch this experience if you want to see this <laughs> going to the blog at outversusin.com. It also slows us down, the process of cooking at the table and in a good way. Dining out should be as much about the experience as the food, and cooking together this way is something we will remember. Plus, we can each cook the meat as little or as much as we want in terms of doneness. Brooke removes the hot rock and slides a hama chili yellowtail in the middle of the table. Like all the dishes that have come before, it is exquisitely plated, with pale, succulent chunks of yellowtail, also known as amberjack, spread atop orange slices in a watery brown ponzo sauce. This dish also turns out to be my favorite. Just so much flavor in both the fish and the sauce. I read aloud to my captive audience from the Umami Insider. Again, a website called the Umami Insider. Don't we live in amazing times? It says, simply put, ponzu sauce is a Japanese citrus, citrus vinaigrette, a flavorful condiment and a zesty marinade. It is made from soy sauce, vinegar, citrus, juice, sugar, and mirin. 
It's also the second most popular sauce in Japanese cuisine, apparently. No points for guessing the first one, though, guys. That's just too easy. Aww. Lastly, before the desserts, that is, we sampled the tiger cry bao. Soft, steamed, and fluffy buns made from flour, yeast, and a little sugar that are folded around a variety of goodies, which in our case include pork belly, pickled carrot, and relish. Why is it called tiger cry bao, you ask? Well, per crying tiger, spelled T-H-A-I-G-E-R, a restaurant in Malden, Massachusetts, Massachusetts, which features crying tiger, as well as, get this, crying ribeye, crying pork, crying salmon, and crying vegetables and taf- tofu. Man, if anybody's gone there, you got to tell me what that's all about. Crying everything. Crying Tiger is the name of an exquisite Thai-styled grilled beef brisket with spicy, savory, tangy, aromatic, pungent sauce. Fat marbles in beef brisket shared a similar look of tiger stripes. When the brisket was on a hot grill, oil from the fat dripped from the meat down the grill, which resembled the tears. Hence, it seemed like the tiger was crying. Okay, one slightly less convincing theory, though, says the dipping sauce was so hot that it made a tiger cry. <laughs> Although often most prepared with brisket, most often prepared with brisket, the technique and sauce can be used for other meats as well. Our bows are lovely, but the guys finished them up as both Sydney and I are getting a bit full and want to save room for dessert. And thank those crying tigers that we do because, again, that chocolate cremeau with whipped peanut butter ganache is simply marvelous. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yum. None of us care very much for our other choice, the crushed blackberry snow with passion fruit and coconut lime foam. It's truly not bad, but just in no way as mouth-watering as the peanut butter marvel. I don't think I'd be crazy about the texture of the lime foam any day, but there's still no doubt that this dessert suffers by comparison to the other. The Bill The restaurant is nearly empty by the time the bill arrives, but neither Brooke nor the rest of the staff convey any impatience at all as I pop up to check out the sushi bar and take pictures from various angles. Instead, they smile at me, indulgently, as they polish glassware and wipe down tables and no doubt dust off the many textures. What's the damage, I say when I return to my crew. Jake gestures at the check. It's actually not bad at all. And he's right, too. We out eat out with these two a lot, and a total of two seventy and sixty three cents for a full night of drinks and food for our four is quite modest. Yep. Would you come back? I ask. Absolutely, is a consensus. But maybe a little earlier next time. Of note, before I move on, one hundred eighteen dollars of the subtotal was alcohol. All the food accounted for just one hundred thirty one dollars. So if we hadn't been drinking, our Uchiba experience would have cost roughly thirty three dollars per person before tax and tip. That's food for thought. Yeah, I'll pour a drink and ponder on that. Now, for the challenger. Your kitchen. By all means. At home. James and I decide to attempt recreating the yuca chips with edamame jalapeno hummus, the tiger cry bao, and the hot rock cooking experience with the wagyu beef. We also score HEB's Sushiya Spicy Yellowtail and Tuna Sushi Combo Pack to answer my burning question as to whether a store-bought version might be a worthy competitor for Uchiba's. Hmm. You can visit outversusin.com and our Uchiba review and our reboot recipes 
for all the details about how we made each of these items. But as the all we bought this, Time, ma'am. Paper or plastic? We went there. We added this to that. Oh, and I spilled this, and I burnt this, <coughs> and oh my goodness, what did you do with that? No, that doesn't taste right. Yeah. Oh, that's delicious. Yum, yum, yum. Those details can get a little tedious in this podcast version. Here instead is where we compare the cost of creating those select dishes at home, the tiger cry bao, the spicy tuna, the yuca chips with hummus, the wagyu beef hot rock dish, and eating in with how much they cost us to eat out a uchiba. Let's go! So... Total for our versions of these dishes in your kitchen, including tax, da 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 da, $28.89. Total for these dishes at Uchiba with tax and tip, $77.43, giving us a delta or difference of $48.54. The verdict. Revisited. In a contest between visiting Uchiba and cooking in your kitchen, the verdict is... Ladies and gentlemen, we ask that you please take your seats at this time. Eat out. And eat in. Uh? You weren't expecting that, were you? Our meal at Uchiba was delicious and fun. Our meal prepped at home, a la Uchiba, was really very good. And also, pretty darn fun. Our eat-in yuca chips and edamame hummus, just as good. But I've never, ever have tried this without Uchiba's inspiration. Our spicy tuna from H-E-B, not as good. (sighs) Sorry, H-E-B. We still love you. Our hot rock experience at home, a delight. Our kids and friends adored it, but I had to buy a hot rock and wash it. So it's a wash. Ouch. Our tiger cry bow, we're getting better at them. We used Pillsbury biscuit dough, by the way. No lie. But on the first attempt, we overcooked the pork belly and our buns were soggy. Who wants soggy buns, right? Oh, also, we had to buy a steamer. In a nutshell, or in a bow bun, I can't wait to go back to Uchiba. It's a fun, upbeat experience, but more importantly, it's an experience, full stop. I feel like I'm somewhere versus anywhere. I'm able to hear my table mates. I get to cook my own food along with my friends without having to clean up, and I can enjoy some of the freshest seafood I've tasted in a long time. Never mind that it had to soar over 6,000 miles to reach me. And then afterwards, I can't wait to try whatever I had at Uchiba at home. It's a cycle I can see continuing indefinitely because their brilliant chefs will no doubt always be one step ahead of me. So again I say, eat out. Sit in the groovy lounge, snag a seat at the bar, or maybe get lucky and be led to a table. You can get in and out the door, if you can manage to find it, for a lot less than you might think. A delta of $48.54 between out at Uchiba and in at home is not so much these days in ATX. Ask for Brooke if she happens to be in. You can, if Sydney is to be believed, pretend you are on the set of Mad Men as well. And then you can put on a fedora and try it all again at home. Thank you for reading. Come back soon, y'all. Yes, it's that time again for the disclaimer and copyright. This is a personal blog. Any views or opinions represented in this blog are personal and belong solely to the blog owner and do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations that the owner may or may not be associated with 
in a professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated. With the exception of reboot recipes, all content including images, unless otherwise explicitly stated are covered by U.S. copyright law. Users may not copy, reproduce, transmit, distribute, download, or otherwise transfer this content without express permission from the administrator of Out versus In, which, once again, friends, family, countrymen, and non-countrymen, I do have a couple of international listeners, thank you very much, is me. Take care, y'all.